Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And Nadia. And we decided it's time to do a personal episode. It's been a while. Um, let's, I guess, just to check in. Ellie, how have you been? Uh, you know, busy all summer. And now it's the best season of all. Spooky season. October. Oh. Do you have any October shit coming up? Other than the fact that it is October. I mean, the most glorious and wonderful month of the year. I do love it, too. Well, you know, the usual sit down and watch stupid, scary movies with my friends online, as usual. Last year, we did all of uh, Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. This year, I'm hoping we can get through most of Halloween and maybe do some of the more recent stuff, like maybe the Resident Evil series and uh, the Silent Hill movies. But, you know... We're, we're not limiting ourselves to just Hollywood trash. We're into all sorts of scary trash this season, so. I've Maybe. been wondering if you have any good um, fall-themed, or just, like, overall, you know, the vibe, uh, like, Switch games. Mm. The most fall Nintendo game of all time will always be Super Mario World, just because it's got that Halloween mode after you beat the game the first time. Like I turns- totally forgot. <gasps> I forgot it does that. Okay. Uh, wait, is that? Oh, I'm sure it's on the Switch too. Like I can get it on the Switch. Yeah, Super it's Mario on. World. It's on the uh, NES uh, Virtual Console, and you know, just Great. go go beat the game and play a October version of it. Uh, okay. I was trying to think of a fun. I mean, I want to do, I want to like check on my villagers in Animal Crossing. I want to do some Donkey Kong and stuff. But I thought, okay, I want to do something like seasonal too. Well, if you I, want haven't, something, I haven't gamed for a long time. If you want something a little more modern, there's mm-hmm. also a Costume Quest, which is a standard RPG, but it's a bunch of kids in a cul-de-sac dressing up in costumes and pretending they're saving the world and such. It's super adorable. That sounds very cute. Um, I was going to try... Uh, that, okay, never mind. I forget the name. It, it has the word potion in it. It's a brand new game. Yeah. It's getting dark earlier, so... Yeah, I just, I'm thinking about Nintendo again. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those long winter nights are perfect to curl up with a warm video game. A warm video game? I guess it does get pretty hot in the system. Yeah, I mean, if like you're those computer on a, chips and shit. I mean, if you're playing on a Switch, you know, and you're bundled up like, like completely wrapped up in like your protective cocoon, that'll warm you up. You know, same goes for laptops and of course tablets. You know, you're like or, a commercial for fall right now. I, I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry. I it's it's legit. No, I, I love, I I love that. I love this month too. Can I, I, I have I, a controversial hot take? I don't. Like oh my this. god, you hate this shit, don't you? <laughs> I don't hate it. Um, what I like about fall is that in the summer I wasn't really able to sleep very much because it was too hot, and mm-hmm. like the back and forth between too much AC and then turn the AC off, not great for sleeping. So like now I'm suddenly sleeping a bunch, which is kind of good because I'm catching up on sleep. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, I don't really want to do other stuff. Yeah, Nadia and I were hanging out earlier today and talking about how, like, doing stuff is just so... It's taking a lot more effort than it felt like it did before. And it's really hard to differentiate or parse out, like, 
is it due to getting older? Is it about the, you know, pandemic? Is it about the season changing? Is it all of it? Is it like, are there other factors? I don't, yeah. Uh, well, it's um, also maybe you're being invited to a crap ton of weddings because it's wedding season for a lot of people, at least my family. I have not been invited to one. I mean, I I have been, but it's not till next year. Mm. Um, currently cat sitting for somebody who's at a wedding. Well, yeah. that's pretty adjacent. Yeah, I mean, but kind of different. Doing it is a different, <laughs> different, different experience. It is I mean, a different experience, but it's related to I a mean, wedding. You're, you're helping them get married. I mean, if they had to care for yeah. their baby, could they even get yeah. married? You're basically well, a bridesmaid. Well, no, it's that person's that person's attending a wedding, right? Oh, no. Oh, oh. Getting married. But he did, like, choreograph. There's, like, well, I guess this... If, no, I was like, in what way could this be a spoiler? Um, he like choreographed this group number um, that the bride is gonna surprise the groom with. Ooh! Oh, so okay. Yeah. Well, by the time this comes out, yeah. it's not a spoiler. So, also, I don't know why they would be watching, listening. To maybe they'll, maybe they'll listen. Who knows? What, freaking what? called it. You are basically a bridesmaid by proxy. I don't. I think I'm like the worst man. Um. <laughs> no you're the best man for cat sitting that's like that is some that's important that well, role no, is Mark, really... Mark the person I'm cat sitting for is the actual best man that's why he's like hyper involved in this wedding oh um, okay I think that's a funny term because it implies that you like ranked all the men yeah <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> I know I want to be the worst man in a wedding someday what a great title what if it's like uh you're like my most mediocre friend but i want you in the party look you were the you were the lowest ranked friend at this entire wedding everyone everyone else was cut off after you yeah either you're the lowest ranking friend or you are the my number one enemy and so i'm inviting you to my wedding even though like usually we hate each other by the way because then they can't crash it. Yeah, that's true. You know, like, that's such a move to show up to your enemy's wedding. But like, if you're invited. Oh, that's some good strategy. I mean, it's um, it's almost like fairy rules at this point, where it's like, uh, where you, it's the sort of thing where it's like, where you invite everyone just to be polite. Yeah. But that also means yeah. that they could show up. That could be a good enemies to lovers plot beginning Guys, I, I have a tangent what's the whole system where there's like bride like bridesmaids and groomsmen mm -hmm. like what culture or thing is that from um there is a book let me try to look it up while we talk and it is about marriage like rituals and history uh, you know like how tradition started in different parts mm -hmm. of the world um, and I read it a long time ago. Because I was trying to explain that I've never been in one of those types of things. Like, the thing we all know what it is, but we don't know what yeah. it is. And I was like, I don't know what you call that. Like, a white person wedding. But then it's not just white people who do that. And then I actually don't right. know who. It seems like white people came up with it. But I don't know who, like, which type or when. <laughs> it does seem like a white person thing. Um, is it committed? 
Well, see. originally, I, I believe yeah. the best man thing was supposed to be like in case the husband sh didn't show up, you would have like a replacement groom. Oh, I like that. It's like an understudy. Wait, is that for real? Well, I was hoping you would or... pull up the book, so I'm going to be like. I know. I'm trying to pull up the book. I just can't. Oh, I think it is committed by Elizabeth Gilbert, but. I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't. I don't. I remember reading it and just kind of like. I learned some from it. I also was like, this is definitely a particular lens that I'm reading this through. I wish I remembered like details, but I do recall there was a lot of um, discussion about like religious and historical aspects um, of marriage traditions around the world. How do we end up with bachelorette parties? Like, oh. I don't know. Damn it. Now we're going to have to, like, get a... Do we need to, like, hire a librarian for us? So what would the librarian's role be? Like, during... Just while like, we're recording, it's yeah. like, oh, what was that book? And then that person has to, like, text back the name immediately. Well, that's, like, the fact checker on, like, actual news. Like, they'll be talking about something and they'll, like, pull up the statistic. Yeah. According to redbookmag.com, uh, the bachelor party... Uh, didn't become a phrase until oh, 1981 when it first appeared in print in the New York Times. An article about Gover New York Governor Hugh Carney's remarriage and wife-to-be's pre-wedding celebration at the 21 Club. So yeah. that's where the word at least came from. Pretty, pretty recent word. Pretty recent phrase or concept, I guess. Or maybe not a recent concept, but at least... Like the word appearing in print. Phrase? Oh, okay. Fascinating. Anyway. But that, that kind of gets into the treacherous, treacherous, treacherous territory of when did it appear in print? And then you've got things like, you know, Robin Hood not being appearing into print until I think it was like, I want to say 15 or 1600s, but the stories are much older than that because they were folk tales and traditions. Yeah, so, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. History is so slippery really, like that, unfortunately. doesn't really indicate the beginning of something necessarily. I mean, I guess, oh. like, Arab weddings also have, not a bachelorette party, but, like, the the thing before where, like, it's just women and everyone yeah. dancing. And Good point. It's pretty sexy. It's not like drawing penises on everything, but it's like, it, I feel like it's, like, conceptually similar. Yeah. Yeah. So, in the United States, it at least traces it back to the, let me see, what is this day again? Uh, Originally, it was called, like, the pre-wedding uh, women's party was originally called a hen party, which was usually held at the hostess's residence and was at least known as far back as 1897. Mm. When the I... noticed, used noted that the party was a time-honored idea of tea and chit-chats, gossip smart hats, uh, constituting necessary adjuncts of these particular gatherings. Okay. This is from so... the Wikipedia page on Bachelorette Party. Due to my the fact that I have a British sister, I am aware of the fact that people still use hen party now in in Britain. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, sorry, British people. Canada is yeah. also known as a stag and doe party, sometimes called a Jack and Jill, also from the same wedding page or bachelor page. Oh my god, so many synonyms. Um, Nadia, how have you been? What's new? 
what's old what's new what's not new or old um i think well okay on a basic level i'm here cat sitting um i was freelance performing really hard in september doing that a bit less now um we did our show together we did our solo show september yeah um it was <laughs> you can talk about this too it was good and it's outcome and really hard in getting there because all the technology failed yeah um, yeah this is what happens when you use tech without me but uh give our that's true give yeah. our non-stalker viewers some context though um, um like it was a piece well on a basic level it was a piece that involved projection and the studio projector stopped working uh the day before <laughs> yeah perfect it over because it overheated yeah, so it among, among other problems uh yeah so yeah uh, yeah <laughs> it was a lot leading up to it the moment the show started yeah um, um it's a lot of stress i still think the piece was strong but you know you yeah. just like wonder like how like performance wise you wonder like how would i perform have performed if i wasn't running around dealing with like projectors and, <laughs> uh -huh. and yeah. cords and stuff uh other than that i am about to get back into teaching in schools um mm -hmm. next week um i've nice. been i'm not going to talk too specifically about this and in case i am i'm actually not trying to like pin this on a particular organization or person or anything this is just like more of a general thing mm -hmm. um I am having some interesting, sometimes good, sometimes just like frustrating. Why did I even like open this conversations uh, with, um, for context, I work for uh, contractor companies that work with the Department of Education to do dance classes in schools and after school programs. Um, some were particularly one of the programs um, I'm with has been at least an appearance really into like gender inclusion education and workshops and programming. Um, but that is like very not matched with any actual practical consideration of um, like how to operate as a gender queer person in the public school system, which includes just like a lot of different schools with a lot of different contexts. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's been a lot of like, just deciding what I have energy for. Um, and then also, also most of life is deciding what I have energy for lately. Uh, I don't know. I'm tired. I'm not exactly sure why. Um, I kind of, on some level, I miss the person I used to be before the pandemic. On some level, maybe I'm just remembering that person wrong. Um, it, it's just confusing when you previously used to be in a mindset of like, you just push and work through everything no matter what. And then you realize like, maybe that's not the best approach in the world. Um, I just haven't figured out how to draw the line because like sometimes you do need to push through things and some types of sluggishness are like improved by 
going out, doing the thing, whatever. And some of them are not. And sometimes you actually just need to take a fucking break. Um, and I don't think I have any experience in discerning the difference. Um, I think a lot of people are at that point right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've been hearing this like across the board. I feel uh, it's I feel it's almost like unnecessarily unnecessarily unrealistic to say that oh as a professional or educator you should always have the energy to be like on and going. You know that's yeah. that's a very inhuman sort of take on human behavior. We're not machines. Yeah, I'm not even saying this as a teacher in particular. Just like. I don't know, also in like my own training as a dancer, also just in my own social life too. Like, do I want to get out and do things, you know? Like, in other aspects of my career, do I want to like, we were also talking about ambition earlier today. And like, what is that? Does it make sense? And do we have it anymore? Like the idea that like oh I need to be always like striving for something more and better and on the lookout and like finding some kind of advancement and improvement in all contexts. And I don't know, like maybe I think we're all kind of a lot of us are at the point where we're like questioning a lot of things we've been taught about work ethic, right? And like whether some of them are actually just things that are put in place to exploit us. But then there's also the thing of like, what are you going to replace this with, right? If like that was the thing where you got a lot of your self-worth, like, okay, so now, now I don't get my self-worth for my productivity. Where else am I going to get it? Are we going to go back to like appearances and fuckability? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, on how I mean, good of a, yeah, like, is it going to be based on like how good of a person I am? Because I'm probably going to fail that one too. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think we're pretty safe on the whole appearances scale thing. Just saying. Yeah, we're all we're all we're all doing great. Um, we're all hot yeah. as fuck here. Yeah, <laughs> that that is that's the moral of this story is that you shouldn't base your worth on your productivity. You should base it on being really hot. Just to, to show a very up and be hot. healthy outlook. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-capitalist um, bimbos. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm right there with you. I've been feeling like really um a uh, way you described it earlier is there's like a fog surrounding everything, um, no matter what it is, even if it's like some of my favorite things ever, which includes um playing in the orchestras I play in or um doing jam sessions with like a couple friends in my apartment, stuff like that, um, which objectively I, I love. And I am so excited to have those routine, those moments routinely in my life again, but I am also just doing everything in a fog. Yeah. And I guess to clarify for myself, like I still really love all the things that I do when I'm actively doing that, like I, I, yeah, me too. Very much. I, I, I still love dancing and rehearsing and performing and practicing and teaching yoga. And I love working with kids and I love this cat 
and I am having a good time recording this podcast right now. But it's just like, and then, but it's just like when something ends and then you're there by yourself in, in the subway car or in your apartment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a, surrounding all of the things. Yeah. Like the anticipation leading up to it. The, um, for me, like the excitement is just muted in yeah. everything that's happening. Um, once uh, an orchestra rehearsal starts, I get really into it and I love it. It's the getting ready and leaving and going on the train and getting there and like setting up the music stand and all that. It's like, I don't think in the past it would have been such a struggle for me to find that excitement. But once it starts, I'm always yeah. like reminded, oh, this is, this was so worth yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, I guess to go back to the sanction, like, should I do the thing or not? Like, it sounds like what you're talking about is like a task initiation thing, which like the conventional thing is like, if it's about task initiation, it's, you should, you should do, you should find a way to initiate that task. Cause then once you're doing it, it's good, which is different than like a total burnout thing. But then sometimes I, I like judge wrong, you know, like sometimes you you're, you show you're like, once I get to this thing, I'm going to be having a great time. And then you get there and it's like, actually, I don't have, I am too foggy right now to be in this audition. I'm embarrassing myself, right? Like, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't think I'm having that. I mean, I it. it with some things i'm feeling that for sure um it hasn't crept into the music stuff thankfully yeah. but i like, definitely had that experience before the pandemic also like i definitely remember times when i was yeah like pushing myself to show up for things and like i would have just done better quality work if i had been like just taken taken a day off you know yeah but Again, it's it just—I don't know. I, I I used to not draw a line, so I'm having difficulty learning how to draw a line. You also mentioned like the after, like once the thing's over, and like getting on the train car alone. I'm struggling with that too—the come down from anything. Yeah. Once I do push myself to go do something I love, and then after it's over, there's a particular level of I don't even know if it's loneliness or what for me personally but um the come down from that stuff yeah I think there's a loneliness it's weird sometimes there's a lot like there's an anti-climactic like things end in anticlimactic ways which can be oddly hard I don't know how else I don't this is kind of related um that's mm -hmm. something i thought about when we were producing the solo evening um this is something that i think another choreographer said online or something like that about like promoting his show was like a realization that something that has been like your baby in your life and your blood sweat and tears is just like a blip on somebody else's on the general calendar yeah um, and i think a hard realization yeah, which is like a frequent thing you have to confront, but I think 
I don't know. I think like ending things, just like finishing without a lot of fanfare and having to clean up your shit. Like that's just where that 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 moment. That that's where that hits particularly hard sometimes. Also, by the way, this is tangentially related, but like last weekend, that was one of the most intense days I've had in a long time. Um, yeah, I went to uh, yeah. Um, I guess we can get into it. Like, I went to an Iran protest and. It was with some Persian friends um, who were able to translate some of the songs that were being sung. And one of the songs was just like a compilation of tweets by this guy who has since been arrested. Um, and they, someone has put all of those tweets together in this gorgeous song. And um, anyway, it was a very emotional protest. Um, and then after that, I met up with Nadia and we went to see, this was my second day in a row seeing Little Amal. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, this is a 10 year old, like it's a puppet depiction of a 10 year old Syrian refugee. Um, and it's like, it's weird how, how impactful that was and it's like this complicated feeling of like why is a puppet creating so many emotions in me and so many other people and like why don't we you know why don't we have this much um kind of outward for a second and just like explain it like oh yeah yeah, yeah. just for context it's like uh she's a like a larger than life puppet that has like multiple puppeteers going on and very like developed like facial and body expressions so it's yeah it, oh it and just really to just to credit the artist um the artistic director is amir nizar zwabi so yeah yeah and then also for other contexts there's just like a lot of events going on with different artists like recently different artists in new york also like other places that she goes so yeah be, like dance or music performances or just other events uh, surrounding her and she'll like walk through there yeah so she just like she went to every borough in new york for the past few weeks or a couple weeks or whatever and um she it was her first time in new york she's already been to 13 countries traveled 9,000 kilometers or something like that around the world in the past year or so a little over a year um so yeah definitely if you haven't heard of her look her up you'll see what we're talking about she has very like nadia said just very realistic um movement in her face just expressions when her eyes open and close it looks like a human um and there's something just it, it really does emotionally affect a lot of people um and it's kind of hard to understand why when this is not a sentient being i know she's representing sentient beings but it's also like okay why is she drawing out this much emotion in people when maybe you know humans people actually going through i was having like, yeah i was having like a secondary reaction like i was i was really getting emotional seeing like how many people were responding like with so much warmth and empathy to like the concept of a Syrian refugee child, like especially seeing like all the kids interacting with her, 
um, seeing like the school groups and the parents bringing their children. Like that was really heartwarming, uh, but it also like there, there I just like went through a mind fuck about time. Like this is like now we're seeing this kind of um, mass like citywide art project with a big response. Um, oh, like over a decade after and the... I'm just like thinking like yeah. I know I know people who came as refugees from Syria when they were ten and now they're they're grown ass adults. Right? Yeah, and these like, kids yeah, and these yeah, kids who were yeah. meeting the puppet weren't even born when the Syrian yeah. revolution started. Yeah. Um Yeah. So I don't know, that just also yeah, made me sad yeah. thinking about how long this has gone on. And then Yeah, and then what what you were saying, Alia, like uh like well why are why are people responding to a puppet and not like actual there's plenty of human refugee children that people can be equally as excited about but then i don't know like art artist social justice is just this weird roundabout thing right and you kind of just got to accept that that's what it is because that's what's going to touch yeah, people like we're yeah. invested in this idea that art is going to make people feel things and respond in ways that they otherwise wouldn't and then we can't like get upset when we see that happening in real life, right? Like we can't be like, "Damn it! Why are you responding to art in ways you otherwise wouldn't?" Um, That's true. And even yeah. at the like the, the Iran protests, what really got to me was the song made out of these tweets. Like, whereas I don't know if I would have had the same immediate emotional like. I don't know reaction as like you know just reading if I had been able to read the tweets just on the screen versus something artistic was yeah. made out of them that had an additional layered effect yeah I think humans just kind of work like that it's yeah it's a it's a it's weird like with the puppet she's representing so many different people and then the song at the protest was representing several thoughts yeah. meshed into one and it, it takes an artistic some kind of artistic medium meshing everything into one to yeah, I think I make it like, about, i don't know i don't know how to explain it <laughs> register numbers correctly right like when you hear stats about that it doesn't yeah it doesn't click right so i think there's something about making making something multiple more things digestible experience that we can process better i yeah and it, it i still have mixed feelings on it. it first off i mean i don't want to say oh art shouldn't be the only route that people can take to really get there emotionally but I, I don't know I mean on a less complicated level I think like you were saying it is a good way to introduce children to ideas about immigration yeah that that part I that's very clear to me personally I, I have no mixed feelings on that actually I think that's um that's so important for 
you know, we were, yeah, like you said, we were seeing young kids um, meeting little Amal and those kids weren't even born when the Syrian revolution started. So how else will young kids really be able to understand um, the, the topic? Um, anyway, okay, so yeah, after that, then we went to, this is not really connected, but it sort of is. So what we did, we did it next in the day. This is like an action, it's just order. Yeah, it's just or, <laughs> by order in the day and, all of these all of these just drew out some intense emotions um anyway so that's yeah the next thing we did was we went to the angelica film center i think that's what it's called and we saw a film called sirens which is a documentary about a thrash metal band from lebanon and one of the band members well the founding band member was there for a q a right after and so that was really impactful to see the documentary which was beautifully made and then meet um Lilas from Slaves to Sirens. That's the name of the band. And it was a very impactful film. Um also Nadia has the same last name as the vocalist of the band. I just yeah, wanted to throw that out. I was like going there like that's my cousin. Um no I think we should have either Lilas or some other band members or like the film production people. I know I yeah I need to I'm reach little, out to them I'm a little mad that I couldn't get to go to this being in Texas and all I know I'm, I'm sure, sure it'll, it'll come, come out, like I'm sure it'll be more wide I'm sure it'll come to Houston it has to come it is yeah because it came to New York it's in LA I bet Houston's coming the up the very next one <laughs> yeah there's gonna be Houston or Chicago US, yeah know. yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, after the um, current next location cycle through soon. Yeah. Um, yeah but if I, I guess I, Nadia is having, oh, sorry, Nadia, I just, it'd be interesting to hear from your perspective what it was like watching that since you've, you recognized a lot of the places. Yeah. I mean, it was like, first off, um, it was, it was a really beautifully made documentary and it was all shot like ended style, which didn't have, you know, some docu, I don't know. I'm not using the correct terminology here, but hopefully people have just seen movies and know what I'm talking about. You know how some documentaries have like the splainy bits where it's like the cast members are taught like explaining things and it's like an interview, room, like yeah. not live. Um, and like in this case might be like explaining uh, context about like the political situation in Lebanon or something else, whatever. It, it, it wasn't that it was like all candid shots um, shot over the last uh three years um so I was kind of curious maybe people who didn't have as much context about like either just like different venues and places in Lebanon that are like in the background and part of setting the scene or like about the different political crises that have happened um if they might have wanted splainy bits but I honestly like I, I appreciated not being like explained to <laughs> um during that uh process um it's yeah and I'm I, to, to like um be clear like I'm not even like a metalhead or anything but it made me one really just like appreciate what that genre does for people um just given how like 
everyone has so much pent up anger uh, that sometimes you gotta let it out the most like straightforward way you can think of, especially people in Lebanon lately. Um, also, the, I don't know if you said this, Alia, but it's, it's an all-female band. Um, some of the members are queer and it explores like their relationships to each other and also just uh, their relationships. Oh yeah, the, the, the mom stuff got me. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, the, one of the main, the, the band member who was like made a main character, um, it showed a lot of scenes um, with her and her mom and then a relationship that's both like very like loving and constraining and um, being like a 25 year old who wants to move out and your parent is being like, no, you need to stay here unless you're married. Um, and uh, yeah, and also just uh, the things that are like, she's not really out to the parent and, and or she's not really out to her parents in the movie, um, but also has this very like close and, um, very close relationship uh her mom's very protective like she comes back from like a metal festival in the uk being like hey how was the show are you okay did you pack enough stuff um i'm not explaining this all that well except to say i don't know i just that that was uh, there were some representations in that that i really related to even though i haven't like lived in lebanon which is you know, when you see someone, you're like, we have the same brand of mom. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I, what else is there? It was also just really emotional to watch, um, like, as almost like rehashing the last few years of Lebanon um, and as the backdrop to like, uh, these artists trying to put their band together and trying to have a career and just seeing it at the beginning where like these people don't know what they're in for. And um, I think the yeah. uh, band started uh, between the original two members meeting at one of the protests um, during the uprising. And then they go through everything that people have been through, right? The economic crisis, COVID, um, the explosion, aftermath, um, et cetera. And yeah, I think just to see that relived in like people who remind me of like a lot of my friends there. Um, it made me cry a lot. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was, and then, then getting to talk to Lilas immediately after. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was beautiful. And as someone who's never been to Lebanon, I I still felt extremely connected to the film. Um, I I don't know if it was the musician aspect or if it was just like seeing. I was really, I was like, more than I expected. Just so impacted by the fact that Arab American or sorry, Arab women were being watched by a crowd of Arab Americans and non-Arabs. Like the the people in the theater seemed, 
to be a mix. There, it wasn't a majority, from what I could tell, it wasn't a majority of Arab American audience. It was I found the conversation after. I think a lot of people were there because they were metalheads and they were there for like right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just seeing Arab women get so seen and and honored that night really hit me and I realized five years ago I would have never dreamed of this here yeah um and they're also just like yeah like the underground like queer scene underground music scene that like I know about through people but I've never seen like them depicted on that large of a screen you know that wasn't just somebody yeah and this is a major pretty major theater in new york Um, I mean, it's still, like, on the indie circuit, and, like, maybe the people involved are going to be like, no, it's just this little thing, but, like, I, I don't Yeah, think it's, it's a, it's a well, it's a pretty well-known yeah. theater, though, yeah. here. Um, um, that I was, can't... that was just really meaningful to me. Um, Something else and... that just isn't standing out to me, like, thinking look back on it, um, was, like I said, I'm, I'm not, like, particularly deep in metal as a genre but just seeing people like commit to something that's not they know is not going to be popular just because they're like nope that's what resonates with me um right there was a was it the dad the uh, dad who was like oh if you just did pop with sherry and the producer oh yeah yeah yeah, you know like there's one percent of the population here that's going to be into this and she's like yeah I think we'd be more popular if we like decided to do pop music or something like that. No, that's not what we want to do. But We're we don't want to. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Like that's the end of the conversation. Right? Yeah. And, like, and they're they're not doing any of this for fame at all. Yeah. It's not at all the driving factor. Um, it's just like nice to see people do what. Like this is my thing. They're just so this is what genuine. I do. This is yeah. What I, do. I do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and Leela said that uh, she first learned about metal when she was a teenager, and she heard Evanescence, which I thought was really cool, <laughs> um, and that started her journey and further into the metal genre. Um, and then going back to the whole like letdown or co- anticlimactic, like after going home that night after such an intense day, I just felt like I was like, what? how do I know what do I do I have yeah and I I just like you know getting back to the apartment and um not really knowing what to do with what just happened that whole day was disorienting and weird and I don't know if lonely is the right word but it was something and I just thought how did how did this day just happen and it just See, it's not that I feel like I need after like after parties to all things that happen. It's that I need like debrief sessions. Like I remember in college. Yeah, I wanted to debrief had, like, about every part of that show. day. Like other people were like, Do you wanna like go party? And I'd be like I'd be like, No, not really. What I wanted to do was this other thing that sometimes we would do is that we'd like go to somebody's dorm and like we call it wine and wine because we'd like drink wine and then just like Oh, I like that about the process leading up to things and just like yeah yeah sometimes I feel like I don't necessarily need wine all the time but like I just need to like be like what 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 did we just what just happened yeah because it's so much that your brain is taking in and you and just then when it ends and there's no one to discuss it with it's 
weird. I was glad that you were there for, you know, the second, the second and third thing. So we could talk about those things. And I talked to, to my friend a little bit about the protest, but it still felt really weird that particular night. Yeah. Just ending the day. That's why we're all so tired. Cause we're just like, I mean, this has always been the, there's always been a lot. Maybe. Do you want to, I mean, you talked a bit about the um, protest, but do you want to talk about like any of the conversations? Yeah. So one of my closest friends who is from Iran said that every time she sees a video of like women taking off her hijabs or whatever, she feels, because she's in the, I I guess I I shouldn't say too much because she told me some stuff she went through personally but um she said every time she sees like a video of women in iran taking their hijabs off she her heart just like skips a beat and she's so terrified seeing that because she's like i know how the gravity of doing that um anyway so yeah there have been protests around the u.s there was one in San Francisco that I know of there was and then yeah New York had one last Saturday um from what we could tell almost everyone there was Persian and everyone was like most people there were following along and singing um the songs that were being sung and I had my friend there and then two of her friends also were there and then we went out we did go out to lunch after, so we were able to kind of talk through some of it. Um, so, yeah, I, can I wait. Can I? If yeah, I'm saying like something that someone doesn't want to say. Then just stop me as well. But you also mentioned something while we're talking about at lunch, where um, like there's like people who are, like slightly younger and slightly older, and um, the younger person is telling the older person like we should be organizing this you have like the the skills mm-hmm. and experience to get this shit together and then the other person is like no i'm too like tired yeah jaded she's just jaded yeah yeah because the older person in this situation is like she definitely has the personality and the intellect and all of that to lead something. Like I, I have no doubt about it. And I also respect the fact she said she she has seen too much firsthand and gone through too much while she was still living in Iran that she was like, I just had to pick my battles. And so now she's seeing these protests and she said she's very moved by them, but she can't help but having some, you know, cynicism, being like, oh my God, is it going to work? Is it actually going to work this time? Like, is this going to do anything? Um, but she's also like recognizing where that's coming from. Yeah. And it's still completely it, in support. Yeah. It just made me think like how often that's the case and like all different types of movements where like yeah. the people who have experience to run some things well don't have the energy to do it so yeah we're just trying to run ourselves in circle like reinventing the wheel for the mm-hmm. like, yeah. generation of people who take over right yeah um 
I don't know how to fix that. There's too many things. I know. What happens. Professional protest grants, please. Yeah. Or does well, it take like it... a whole f process just to get the money? Right. It was also weird seeing the protest in New York or the rally in New York and just like then going to the Little Amal event and I couldn't help but think, okay, this revolution is happening right now in Iran. How long is, is this going to be another yeah. decade yeah. long? Yeah thing i mean i hope i hope it doesn't have to be but yeah. it, it was just a weird um juxtaposition of uh yeah damn it events that day yeah yeah um anyway <laughs> anything else sorry ellie we've kind of taken over is yeah. there anything There's you wanted to touch on <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> have you like attended any like events either like artistic or movie or like some kind of social event that's making you think about stuff or you're just like i just i needed a debrief and a processing session after that yeah, yeah. uh not recently i mean but i've been also been like pretty homebodied lately there are some books I've had like that, where it's just like, you know, you read through this entire incredibly emotional story and journey, and you're just like, and it ends, and I'm just like, you're just leaving me there with yeah. all these emotions. Yeah, are there any particular books that have done that to you recently? Uh, I mean, there's always Baro Koromont. There's um, Gideon the Ninth, which is another, uh, you know, fantasy lesbian romance thing that I've been reading. Cool. Um, it's, but that just like happens to me every time. There's like, you know, queer fantasy or queer sci-fi that I've read. I'm just like, all oh, these feelings. Yeah. Uh, look, if it's, if it's gay and there's love in it I'm, and I'm reading it, my brain is just fully invested. And I feel kind of like an ass saying this after all the, the Iran protest um, discussion, because I'm just like, Iran protest, Ellie's attachment to fantasy characters, it's but okay. such is the nature of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we can talk about it all. It's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but it's I like, mean, how do I, I follow I... that with like any sort of weight? <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. Though. That, was, <laughs> I, that is a hard conversation to follow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah with anything um but it's almost like par for the anyway. course from us it's like you know yeah. horrible but personally and followed by like frivolous bullshit in pokemon i need to read more books like just yeah. Like, yeah and i don't think it's necessarily frivolous to um look to fantasy sometimes to kind of um, yeah find yeah, i think it gets shit on too much as a joy genre. yeah I think it's important that we all have our like escapes. Um, I also I think like I think like even before a lot of fantasy was doing like explicitly queer stories, I feel like a lot of queer people were like relating to sci-fi and fantasy. Oh my god! Like, as a 
I identify with this thing because I'm not identifying with like the regular models of humanness and just there's ways to like exist in other bodies and other forms. Basically, um, a group of friends of mine had this exact same conversation with Star Trek and Deep Space Nine because of Jadzia Dax basically being a trans slash lesbian slash queer character back in the 90s. And now we've got modern day Star Trek current series Lower Decks where we've got the main character in a les- openly lesbian relationship being introduced to her girlfriend's friends and I'm just like man this series has come a long way and I am here for it yeah. um, spoilers for Lower Decks season 3 if you haven't seen it it's a very cute comedy Star Trek take and the main character Mariner hooks up with her crewmate um jen and they have adorable adventures together and i'm here for it again right after the iran thing i think i should outro this when i edit this episode i should outro with that song that i'm talking about with the tweets cool yes please do if you can find it i think we're gonna make some more episodes of this podcast we promise yeah we are um we're on pace but like we are yeah, we are. Really excited about that. This ties into the whole we're we're just so tired. I know. We've said that a lot. We've been saying that for a while. Yeah, I, I know. I guess one more thing I'll say, something I've yeah. with with the podcast uh-huh. or like other online things. And I don't know if it's like burnt a, a very particular kind of burnout after doing too many things online in the pandemic. It's not that I don't think that connections online are real. Right, I think like oh, that's not real activism because you're doing it on a computer or like if someone says they appreciate something online that it doesn't matter it's not that I literally think those things it's just that they're kind of not emotionally resonating anymore like I can look at a big thread of positive comments and like feel nothing compared to if there were I was in the same room as people uh, yeah, I feel you. And I don't. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's just burnout from being online too much during COVID. Um, yeah. I, I so maybe that's what my. Maybe that's what it is for me too. About yeah, like, and like it's not. I'm not I, obviously. You're, if you're listening to this, you're listening to it online somehow. And I, I'm not saying like I don't appreciate it or anything like that. I'm just like something. It just isn't hitting the right. Oh, welcome to internet parasocial relationships. Yeah. Well, I actually, like, I used to be fine with them, I think, but I always used to be, like, excited about them or whatever. I Um, still am in many ways. Um, I just, I don't know where this exhaustion is coming from for me that's affecting the podcast, but there's, I think I'm just tired about, like, I'm having, I'm, everything's happening just so slowly for me. Um, whereas I used to be able to do so many things at once and like um, had a lot of energy. Yeah, I think I'd like to try to do, if I like, maybe go back to doing more in person community events and maybe trying to podcast at those. And yeah, those are. Yeah. But those have like, always been really time to bust fun. out those hand recorders again yeah fluffy mic we have them for a reason yeah. we have two of them here so 
They're I mean, neglected in a drawer right now. Change the battery. Um, take out the batteries, at least, if you're not using them. Oh, is that a thing? Uh, yeah, the batteries will leak. Okay, noted. <laughs> I did not know this. Uh, yeah, um, they're easy to clean up usually okay. if they haven't like corroded too many things, but take them out. Okay. Hopefully it hasn't been long enough that that's happened, but I will do so. Well, thanks all for listening. I don't know if you can tell the there's relate to it. I think fog. Yeah. But I'm sure everyone relates. Or most people. Yeah. Some people. Um, some people. Hopefully not everyone. You know what song I wish we could outro with a little bit on this? Blazing Saddles I'm tired song. No, I wanna do the Iran. I know but yeah, if you're not tired, tell us like what supplements you're taking. Yeah, tell us your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> Let us take your yeah. energy. What are you doing that we're not? We need we need strategies. So you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Queer Arabs and email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com and go to our website at thequeerarabs.com. And I think that's the fastest I've ever done this. I think that was me trying to be like fast at something. You have totally speed run the, the outro. <laughs> Thanks all for listening. Bye.